Welcome to the Fierce Goddess Collective. From our hearts to yours, we share the gifts of beautiful goddesses to the world. Hello, beautiful goddesses. Well, here we are again, myself and the beautiful Tosca. We are going to have a chat today about all things comparisons. And as Tosca would say, it's the white elephant in the room that we need to address. That's for sure. So, Tosca, give me an example of what a comparison you've experienced in your life. Oh, I remember um, in school feeling that level of comparison, feeling that level of not feeling good enough and that comparison of not feeling smart enough to the other girls um, to, to feel like that, that level that, you know, I wasn't smart and they were smart and we'd say our marks out in front of each other and just, you know, being called to, oh, you're an A student, you're a B student, you're a C student, you're a D student. Like it was just that sense of comparison, I think, really impacted on, um, yeah, that sense of belief in myself. Yeah, that's one at school, but there's comparisons in families, there's yeah. comparisons in education. Like there's so many comparisons, isn't there? There is, absolutely. And the, uh, the school one, unfortunately, is a big one, I think, and I think it's still happening today. Yeah. You know, and the the problem is we all get compared with our marks. Everybody knows what everybody else got. You know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, you're not so great. But, yeah, I mean, I think a comparison that I remember from school is that um, we went to a Catholic school and every Monday that <laughs> we're ready. This just really gets my goat. That um, it does. Oh, that it, it does. does. You can clearly see it just building up, building up. But the thing is I yeah. think we were nine years old. Clearly we couldn't drive. We couldn't tell our parents what to do. But we were asked every Monday who had gone to church the previous Sunday. And if you had put your hand up that, yes, you had gone, every other student that hadn't gone was asked to stand up and you would actually get a ruler across the back of your backside. And I didn't tell my mum about this till later on, and I'm glad I didn't because I think she would have been up that school quicker than a rat up a drain pipe, so to speak, because it's just, it's insane. So there was a comparison of <clears throat> you're not a good Catholic person because you didn't go to church on Sunday and you got hauled over the coals by the teacher and you are the bad student. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, sorry I didn't get in the car. Sorry I didn't drive to church. And it was, it was, looking back, it's just ridiculous. But then you move on to high school, huh, we've got a whole new set of comparisons, haven't we? We I have. Mean, what, what did you feel in high school? What were some of the things that you felt? Oh, that sense of are you popular, are you not popular, are you in the group, are you not in the group? Um, yeah, that whole sense of, yeah, that self, self um, wanting to be included, then you know yes. that you're not included in the most popular group. And that's normal. Like there's girls groupings and stuff. 
but that sense of comparison. And then, of course, you always put yourself down or and you put themselves up, you put the others up. So it was that sense of can I fit in, will I fit in, I'm not fitting in. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. I mean, I think for me um, in high school it was a case of, I had come from, and I've I've covered this in my newsletter. I covered it a couple of newsletters ago about judgment, and it is comparison as well because there's a lot of judgment that's associated with comparison. And because I, I mean, I came from a broken home. My mum left my dad when I was three, but by the time I got to high school, I was still I was back in a married situation. Like my mum had remarried when I was eight, so by the time we got to high school, we were twelve, turning thirteen. I was back in a you know normal situation but there was a bit of judgment and comparison from some of the parents and uh, as I said in my newsletter the two students that I was quite close with you know their kids they don't know any different and they told me what their parents would say about me and that used to make me feel quite oh I suppose low esteem came into it but going over to their houses and knowing what their parents thought about me was absolutely daunting. And the, But it was really funny. On one level, there was these people that were judging me. And then on this other level, there was these people that accepted me and, and I just loved being with them. And it was, it was just like a minefield, the comparison that was going on about this sort of thing. So I suppose that was one of the things. And then you touched on something before about our social comparisons. In our social life, in our social circles, which starts in school, um, and because we went to an all-girls high school and we had a brother school where the the boys would go to school, and, oh, my gosh, that, that opened up a whole new can of worms, didn't it, once we started having school dances and stuff? <laughs> it did. It did. Comparisons of dresses, comparisons of cliques, comparisons of boys, you know, and looking at your clothes, looking at this, like it was just wild. And I reckon it would still happen today. You know, oh. I think that would still be so evident in dancers, um, especially I reckon in the separate sexes and maybe in the, you know, co-ed sexes, but really yeah. interesting. Yeah, actually now that you've mentioned it, I just thought when when my daughter was at high school, and I had, you know, I was a single mother there for a while and I had bought a townhouse out at uh, one of the beaches here that we loved. We loved living in that townhouse. And um, she told me later on that her first boyfriend from high school, who, mind you, came from a divorced family and his, fa- her, his father was quite wealthy, he made a few derogatory comments about where she lived. Interesting. And I didn't know this. Yes, yes. Like, you know, oh, is this where you live? Oh, and it was a lovely townhouse. Like it was groovy, but yeah. And I thought, wow, that's that's amazing. That's still happening. I never experienced that at high school myself. But for someone to say that about my home to my child, I thought, hmm, nothing's changed. Oh, comparisons, judgments—so interesting, hey? Yeah, and I think when you then you leave school and you go out into the workforce and. We decided that one of the biggest subjects that we were discussing was how people deal with reunions. Yes. And that is the uh, the tip of the mountain, isn't it? 
going to a reunion and then the comparisons that come out and the people that don't want to come because they don't feel like they're successful enough, want to do that, you know, they feel that that's just not for them. Yeah, it's achieved, a shame. Yeah, they haven't achieved enough or done enough or something in a reunion. Yeah. Oh, I know. And, I mean, the first school reunion, I mean, you know, it was 10 years out, so everybody was still getting established and nobody really gave a hoot. Well, I didn't. I never have given a hoot what someone does. And I actually have organised the 20th and 30th for our reunions. And some of the things that these girls would say to me as to why they didn't want to go, it was heartbreaking because to me it was like let's get as many as the girls back together that we can and let's just get together and have a great time. You know, it wasn't about, oh, I'll give you a questionnaire when you walk in the door and tell us what you've done with your life. Never even crossed my mind. And some of them, you know, it was um, I haven't had children. I haven't been married. I'm not married. I didn't go to uni. I I um, still work in retail. I haven't achieved a lot of money. I don't have a massive house. I don't have a, you know, expensive car. I don't. And I was like, dudes, I haven't done any of that. But I don't care if you've done anything. And this is the way that these poor girls, now women, were still comparing themselves. Yeah. Fun- just blew my mind blew my mind because I just wanted everybody to get together and just reminisce about all the good times that we had at school and then they wouldn't come because they felt they'd be judged. <laughs> I was, please come, please come to the reunion. And they were like, no, I can't. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I was like, oh, it's such a shame. Yeah, it is because they don't want to put themselves in that situation. Yeah. No. It's a big feature. Like. I reckon that mm. does today, like not only happen in our reunions, but I know of other people's reunions. It's the same conversation, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real shame. I mean, and we, and then you and I touched, before we went on to record this, we touched on the fact that, you know, there are comparisons not only with school and work and things like that. There's comparisons in families as well. And I touched on the fact that, yeah, I have three amazing older cousins and I had a grandmother who absolutely doted on them, rightly so, rightly so. And that their achievements are beyond, beyond what I have ever even wanted to achieve, you know. But the comparison, the, com- the comparing us, like my aunts never compared me to them, my mum's never compared me to them. I've never felt that from the immediate family, it was just my grandmother that was very, you know, oh, my God, they're so fantastic. And I did at certain times in my life think, oh, God, you know, I'm not good enough. But then I grew up and we were talking about the fine line. When there's a comparison, you have a fine line and you can either go this way or that way. You can go to the way of, well, I'm never going to be as good as them. Look at them. You can get the old, yeah, look at them, you know, they've done so much, blah, blah, blah. Or you can go this way, which is, holy moly, what you've done is fantastic. I'm so proud of you that you are my cousin. You're my cousin. And just be so happy for them with their achievements. And and you said, the big word you said to me was acknowledgement. That to me just 
summed it up when you said that before we went on here. I just thought, yeah, that is that is that is it. Yeah. 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 And you know, celebrating their happiness is your happiness. And Absolutely. You know, celebrating in that joy, celebrating yeah. in that acknowledgement of witnessing. And it's not a reflection of you have or you haven't or you do or you don't. It's saying, I'm so happy. I'm happy for you because that makes me happy, you know? Absolutely. It, yeah. Mm. It's, a, it's such a proud moment that to be proud of someone of what they've achieved. Yeah. Because they've worked their darn buttocks off to get where they are and like we said it's not it's not a case of that's was my journey i i that's their choice what they wanted to do you know well like my my next up cousin he's amazing and he lives in new york and he has a wonderful family and he is a corporate lawyer and i'm very proud of him and i will talk about him until the cows come home and my other cousin is a fantastic fantastic artist and my other one is she's a lawyer as well but that's their journey yes it's not my journey no and as my my actual cousin who lives in New York he has always said if you had chosen to go to uni and become a lawyer you would have done this but that wasn't your choice you didn't want to do that that wasn't something that was in your you know in your brain of thinking, oh, I really want to do law, you know, he just said, anybody can do it. If you want to go to uni, you could have done it. I went to uni, I want to do it. But so, yeah, a lot of these people that are up there, they're not looking down on you going, oh, well, I'm so much better than you, you know, which, and it, there are a lot of people that still do that. But I know for a fact, my cousins don't think that way. And I think there's a lot of people that are successful that don't, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it comes down to your own self-perception, doesn't it? How you view the world, how you see yourself, how you see your relationships with others and your family and your friends and absolutely. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's very big. Yeah. What about you, Tosca? What's some of the comparisons you've experienced, apart from your poor thing, feeling, feeling that you were being judged at school? <laughs> I always thought you were just so smart. <laughs> isn't, that, in my school. isn't that interesting? What you perceive of yourself and what others see of you is so different, you know? Yeah. We were in the same year level into same school, you know, we have very similar experiences, yeah. And mm. it's interesting, like I remember the year four conversation and the church thing, but I never got the rule. I was in a different class. It was just a conversation. So it's different. It's really different. Yeah, and it, but it's, isn't it amazing that one teacher was doing that? Yes. I mean, she was an older generation teacher. She, I think she was probably in her 60s or 70s or something. She probably shouldn't have been teaching. Yeah. But her approach was just so different to the teachers that, like, you had another younger teacher and yes. they probably wouldn't have even thought about doing that because why would you do it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. So it's interesting with, you know, when you look back and you view it with compassion, 
Yeah. And I think your sense of who you are with retrospection and reflection changes. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about six-year-old self anymore. I mean, they're still part of us, but we're now looking at from our age and we're looking back. Yeah. Yeah. So the the well for me, the sting of comparisons isn't so potent as it used to be when I was a teenager, even in my 20s, you know. And I think over the, the years of reflection and introspection, you sort of work out that it, it doesn't make you feel good. No. You don't like being judged and compared, you know, and you normally put yourself down or you put others up. Like it's not a healthy, no. loving aspect of self. No, absolutely, absolutely not, absolutely not. It's, um yeah, <laughs> It uh, it definitely isn't good for your own self-love, that's for sure. No. And I think once people start to realise that your journey is your journey. Yes. It's nobody else's journey. And you are not supposed to be having the same journey as someone else. No. Not at all. No. That's their journey, that's your journey, different beautiful journeys, both glorious in their own uniqueness. Mm. You know, we're not meant to be the same. We're meant to be radiant, unique beings. So, Absolutely, absolutely. There is no way you would see me getting up at 5.30 in the morning in the dead of winter in New York and getting to my corporate office and running how many ever staff he does, dealing with the stress that he does. I mean, he's brilliant. That goes without saying. But you know what I mean? Like there's no way that I would do what he does. No way at all. But he loves it. He loves it and he travels everywhere to all the different offices. And, I mean, even thinking, even the experiences that he's having by going to all these different countries and all this travel and stuff, and a lot of people love that sort of thing. But um, I must be a homebody because I think of he's the, because he's working so much and he's doing so much traveling because of that work. He does a lot of traveling with his family as well. They have fantastic holidays, which is just amazing. But it's just it's not something that I need to have in my life. I live vicariously through him, <laughs> and I'm very proud of what he does, and I love seeing where he goes because it's it's fantastic. But I don't sit at home and go. You know, because that's yeah, his life. Absolutely. And if yeah. you are sitting at home, I wish I had that life, then you have the power and the choice to go, let me create something that I love to do. Let me create. Let me travel. Let me see a different place. Let me live yeah. my joy. That's right. Exactly. That is, you just hit the nail on the head. Everybody has a choice. Like I said, if I wanted to go to uni, I would have gone to uni. Like he said, you could have done it if you wanted to, but you didn't want to. And I went, no, I didn't want to. It's not something that I wanted to do. I felt the pressure when we were in our 30s because all my friends were going to uni and, well, not all my friends, but a lot of the people that I knew had gone to uni and all this sort of stuff. And But then I thought, I don't want to do that. 
you know, we and like you said, everything when we look back on it is like, <laughs> what did I even think that? But yeah, comparisons. Oh. Big. Very big. Juicy, juicy. You know, oh, so juicy. Because a lot of people yeah. I think are still living their life that way. Even in I our agree. even in I our agree. age group. Totally in our age group. And I think it breeds unhappiness. I think it can breed anxiety and mental health and emotional health, like not feeling so good about yourself and seeing everybody else better than you. Yeah. Well, thinking everybody's better than you. I think it puts a lot of financial strain on a lot of people too. True. Yeah. I saw a lot of that in my lifetime. I think... Um. People spending money on things that made them feel like they fitted in, clothes and cars and prestige. Yeah. I think that's got a lot to do with comparison as well. Yeah. You know, people not living to their means. And, I mean, like you said, if you wanted to earn a lot of money and get a job that pays a lot of money or do something that a business, I mean, there's it's out there. Anybody could do it. And, I mean, you and I are doing what we love. No, we're doing okay. <laughs> we're doing okay. But it's just, yeah, I think that people get stuck in that. Like they get stuck in that comparison thing and they take it to an extreme of where they have to. And, look, you know what? I did in my 20s. I had to have the labels. Woke up in my 30s. <laughs> Don't need the labels. Don't need them. Yeah. Interesting, hey? Very interesting. Yeah. (sighs) What a glorious, juicy conversation. Yet again. Yet again. Yet again, my love. Absolutely. Yeah. So we might finish it off there. We might finish it off for everybody. And the way that we normally finish it off is our goddesses, may you be happy. May you be well and may you be loved. Mm. So until next time, we have another juicy conversation. Take care and be fierce. See you next time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to our Glorious Fierce Goddess Collective podcast. Remember to subscribe and share it with your family and friends. And from our heart to yours, please, goddesses, keep fierce.